You're listening to The Lively Show, episode 254. Welcome to The Lively Show. I'm your host, Jess Lively, and this blogcast is designed to uplift, inspire, and add a little extra intention to your everyday. Welcome to the show, guys. Thank you so much, as always, for listening. Today's episode is sponsored by my newest obsession, Four Sigmatic. I found out about Four Sigmatic first online, seeing my friends use it back in the States. And then here in Australia, the rhino, the guy I've been dating here recently, is also a big fan. So when I decided to try the products and they wanted to sponsor, I was super excited to see if I loved it as much as everyone else had been loving it. But I didn't expect to love it as much as I actually do. You guys, this is amazing stuff. They have teas, coffees, elixirs, superfood products mixed with things like coffee and teas to make your foods or your drinks super healthy and Also, at the same time, when it comes to caffeine, and you guys may know, I love me some black iced tea with lemon. The caffeine in coffee, on the other hand, usually sends me jittery, and that's why I like tea so much more. Well, trying out Four Sigmatic's teas was not the case. They have half the caffeine of regular coffee. There's no jitters, no crash, and no stomach issues, which are all the things I didn't like about coffee. So now I am super obsessed and love having another easy-to-make alternative to iced tea when I want to. It's so easy. All you need to do is mix these products with hot water, and you're good to go. So it's easy for me to travel with. I actually love it so much that I've bought a glass little carrier mug here in Australia as well, so I can make this at home as often as I want and then go walking around as I like to do in Sydney with it and my current obsession, obsessed, obsessed with the mushroom coffee with cordyceps plus the mushroom hot cacao mix. They have a chili hot cacao, hot chocolate mix kind of basically mixed with this mushroom coffee with cordyceps. It is amazing. You drink it, you feel so good. It doesn't taste in that bitter way, but the cacao mix adds a little bit of a hint of sweetness and spiciness to it. And it's just so good. I don't even need to add anything else. Although of course the rhino enjoys having milk in his when he has it with coffee and he doesn't mix it with the cacao. I personally love the cocoa mix with the coffee mix. It's delicious. And I feel this sense of being more alert without feeling jittery, without feeling like I just drank a ton of coffee or caffeine. So if you guys want to try this and see if you love it as much as I do, of course, I highly recommend those two combinations personally to start with. But of course, they have many other products as well. And I'm excited to start trying and you know, experimenting with other products as well. But right now I'm just running through these boxes as fast as possible, basically, on these two alone. So excited for them. If you guys want to get 15% off your purchase, you can head over to foursigmatic.com slash lively and then enter the code lively at checkout to get 15% off all the purchases on their website. And as I mentioned, they're very health conscious. They have a lot of things to share about how to make coffee healthy and why these mushroom additives are so great for your body. So check it out and see if you enjoy it like me. Now for where I am, I am here in Sydney, of course, and headed to the U.S. next week for two different stops in the U.S. So I'll be telling more about that at the end of the show. But right now, I want to dive into something. This was not planned to be the episode for today. I had a different topic, which we will get to later. But right now, something happened today, literally, that is so on my mind 
I just want to talk about it because it's that on my mind. And I tend to find that when things like this are on my mind, you being in the same frequency that you are listening to this are often possibly going to resonate with what I'm going through right now too. I get a lot of emails about people saying, oh my gosh, you shared this just when I needed to hear it or read it. So this is what I'm sharing today, which is about the Newtonian versus quantum approach to life and really what it means to delete the how aspect. Because as As I've been doing this studying, studying, studying about the law of attraction, quantum way of looking at the transrational way of seeing the world versus the Newtonian or the original way, if you will, that people view the world and the personal development world and how we create our own realities, there's two fundamental differences in these approaches. Actually, there's one fundamental difference between them both, and I'm gonna explain what that is and then share the example of how this has played out in my own life today, in fact, to the point where my brain has been frazzled realizing how effective this other approach in the quantum way is, and at the same time seeing my own brain struggle so hard to truly accept what just happened. So let's get into this. First of all, the Newtonian versus quantum. You guys may remember me using those terms. If you are new to the show and you're like, what are you talking about, Jess? Why are you talking about physics? I thought this is a personal development show. Well, let me quickly just kind of define and differentiate Newtonian to quantum. So as uh, let's just pretend I'm sitting with an Uber driver and they ask what my show's about, then I kind of go into this little spiel. So imagine the physics world. So if you took a physics class in high school, odds are you may not, if you're of a certain age, you may not have been exposed to much about the quantum mechanics. I don't know how much they're teaching about quantum mechanics in schools today, but I'll tell you when I was in school, I don't think I heard or learned much, if anything, about quantum. But I did learn a lot about if the gravity of a feather falls, how does it compare to an apple? Or if I hit a bat, what is the arc of the ball? You know, those kind of physics of the atom and larger, how objects and physical reality react and behave with one another in the physical world, like gravity and the arcs and the momentum and inertia and all of those sorts of principles in physics. Those are all applied at the atom and the larger level. So anything that's larger than an atom, these are the ways that the world works. This is what Newton described, and this is what most of us have been living out of this point of view. Now, quantum is just, when you guys get that word, don't be intimidated by the word. All that's saying is it's saying that it's at the subatomic level. So it's the pieces that make up the atom. So once you go below the surface of the atom and you look at those little pieces, the electrons, the fundamental particles that at this point in our understanding create the world, those particles, the rules of physics totally change. Everything that you've learned in the Newtonian classical physics class do not necessarily apply at the quantum level. Things disappear in and out of thin air. Consciousness affects whether an electron behaves in one way or another. Particles are entangled, which is a term to say that they can do things that Einstein called spooky action at a distance. So these things defy everything that we quote unquote think and know to be true in the Newtonian larger than the physical atom. For example, bodies are not teleporting yet, but that kind of stuff at the quantum level can in fact happen. So those rules are totally different. And the technology that we get out of those rules also totally differs. So the technology of the physics of the quantum level 
give you things like the atom bomb or electronics, cell phones, for example, built on technology that's around quantum principles. The Newtonian are things like battleships. And if you have a cannonball, you know, in the 1800s launched a cannonball, that's all stuff that's done at the Newtonian level. Now, what does this have to do with personal development? Well, what this means to me is what I've noticed after 12 years of studying personal growth is that your thoughts create your reality. Either way, whether you're looking at the Newtonian world and you're looking at the way this, that people approach personal development that is very classic and very standard, or if you look at the quantum, your thoughts create your reality. The difference is most personal development doesn't look at what creates the thoughts. It just says these are the thoughts you have. Hopefully you can craft some, but it doesn't get into the subatomic, the subthought level that to me, the quantum approach does. So when you're looking at after having a thought, you're looking at the habits and the behaviors and the outcomes from having a certain thought. Well, that's like the Newtonian, the old way of looking at life to me. Once I realized thoughts create a reality, I wanted to know personally what creates our thoughts and how can we shape the pieces that then form the thoughts to do better in creating thoughts because that's going to create a better outcome. Basically, how do we deliberately build the atom in our lives the way we want it to be? So anyways, hopefully this is making sense to you guys as an analogy, but I'll just say that once I got down to that consciousness, neurology, and quantum mechanics level, things just like in physics totally changed. So I want to talk about the Newtonian way that people tend to approach personal development. That's just your general personal development on the pretty mainstream market right now, I would say. I'm going to talk about what they share and what I learned from many people along my own journey in this. And then I'm going to talk about the quantum or the transrational side and what this new approach does and how it fundamentally approaches the how aspect, the action aspect, so fundamentally different than the way that the Newtonian or traditional mainstream personal development world is and why this is hard for us to accept and then follow through on because it just goes against literally everything we've often in most cases been taught all of our lives. So let's get into it. When you think about wanting to create your own reality from a classical mainstream Newtonian way of living, they say, think about what you want and then make a plan. If you don't take the action, nothing's going to happen. What are you willing to do to get what you want? Now, what they're saying is that there is cause and there's an effect. If I do the push-ups and the sit-ups, I get the great body. If I eat the kale, then I get the great body, right? This is the you create your own reality plan that the mainstream Newtonian way approaches. You have to take action in order to get results. So what that looks like for the mainstream Newtonian way is to manually think of it as moving sand around in the sandbox with your hands to create the castle that you want. You're using your physical body to create a physical result, which looks like efforting, striving, hustle, hard work. You know that poster people have that says work hard and be nice to people? That literally gives me the chills. It gives me the shivers. I do not like it. It stresses me out just looking at that and so many beautiful home tours. I see that poster and I just go, oh my gosh, like that just to see that every day, to tell myself hard work, work hard. Oh my goodness, that is not at all the way that I now want to live, but this is the way a lot of people have had some level of success in the world. Definitely there are very successful people like Olympians and you can see a lot of statues for people. There's a lot of people that have written a lot of books about hard work. You can watch Shark Tank, for example, and hear all about hard work. Everywhere there's this 
mainstream approach to creating the life you want that involves long hours, lots of effort, hustle, striving, sacrifice, okay? These are not necessarily saying that you can't have great output in a highly aligned state, but often they're talking about the sacrifice, the strain, the adrenal fatigue, the exhaustion, and the stress that sets in as you're living this as well. So Basically, this is all about manual effort creating a physical change in our world. We've got to hit the pavement. We've got to put out a million resumes to get the job we want. We've got to date a million people and be on the dating apps forever, all that kind of stuff. This is the way that we are taught in mainstream society to get what we want. We have to work for it. This is a primitive way of shaping our reality. And this is something that's been really helpful for me is that it's a primitive way of shaping our reality. Does it work? Yes, it does work. You've probably seen results in your own life from this. Now, is this really focusing at all on the positive emotions that we have? Is this mainstream stuff focusing on our happiness before we take the action? Often not. It's really putting the cart before the horse. It's saying that once we've taken these actions and then we get the result we want, that desired result will provide the happiness that we're seeking. But we're not really told or given permission or even encouraged, let alone encouraged, to actually want to seek the emotion before the result. It's all about seeking the result for the emotion. It does work. It is initially motivating and even long-term can be motivating to do this and you can get results. Does this work? Yes. Is there anything wrong with it? Not necessarily. If that's where you are and you're getting some level of appreciation or joy out of it, great, keep doing it this way. However, what has helped me understand this new way that I'm about to share, because I have to reconcile in my head, how come all these other people in society and eons of humanity, how come people have been basically rubbing two rocks together to make the spark light, to light the candle or to light the fire, right? How come it's been such a physical world? Is that wrong? Is that not right? No, it is. It works. It's just primitive. It's just like saying, you know, the Flintstones had a more primitive way of approaching, if we're going to look at some, you know, silly example, to the Jetsons. It's kind of like the Newtonian is the Flintstones, the Jetsons is the quantum. This is just coming to me right now. One person's getting around and transporting themselves by having wheels that are made with rocks and they're pushing their feet on the ground and they're, you know, obviously that's not a very fun way to get around or maybe it is for those that want to have that type of experience, but the Jetsons don't see that necessary. They're flying around hovercrafts and all that sorts of stuff simply because they understand the principles of the world at a higher level than, you know, in this example, the Flintstones. Now, the alignment of the quantum people may not be as high as the Flintstones. So your emotional state is not dependent on the physical reality. You don't have to have a flying hover car in order to be happy, right? But once you understand the technology, or in this case, the principles of our lives, we have access and more opportunities than this primitive way of shaping our reality currently gives us, which just says, work hard, you have to take action, you have to strive, you have to hustle in order to get what you want. So maybe you're like me and you did that for a while, or maybe you're still doing it and you're trying to transition out, but you're finding that it's exhausting. You're kind of like 
Now what? I've already done it enough to know that it's never been enough before, and I'm sick of this payoff being so fleeting and not really satisfying. There's got to be something else out there. Now let's move on to the quantum to explain the quantum way, and then looking at how the how aspect, all this manual action stuff, is fundamentally completely entirely different. Instead of the cause and effect relationship that we said before, where the action creates the outcome, the quantum, the way of looking at it from the creation of your thoughts, instead of focusing on your actions after you already have thoughts and not dealing with the fact that you have these thoughts, when you're actually shaping the thoughts themselves and that's your main focus, that's your primary concern. Once you focus on that mental effort, that is what Joe Dispenza calls causing an effect. So instead of cause and effect, quantum is causing an effect using your mental consciousness. So when you say you create your own reality, a la Abraham Hicks, as we've heard them say many times, and I've talked about it here on the show too, what that looks like from the quantum level is not the actions you physically take per se. It looks like deliberately shaping your emotions and focus on what is wanted in your life without the emphasis on the how or the steps involved to get there. You're not focusing on the path or the progress or the step-by-step. What you're focusing on is the finish line and the starting line. You're not concerned with the race itself. All you're thinking about is you focusing in this moment on the emotions that will provide and what is wanted. And then it's almost as though you are teleported in the how step to that in your life. So what that looks like is instead of hard hustling adrenal fatigue exhaustion, it looks like focus, attention, it's deliberate, it's positive, it's focused on ease and fun. So instead of all those other ways of doing things, your focus is on the mental effort. So it's not that we aren't, I want to say, kind of trying in some way. It's just we're trying on a different level. We're trying at the quantum level. We're trying at the sub-thought level. Our focus is not on the physical effort of our hands and feet moving around as much though they will move. It's just not as much as the mental effort in our minds using meditation, visualization, and relaxation. So instead of the adrenal fatigue of hustling and exhaustion, you're actually focusing on relaxing, visualizing, and meditating. You're taking far less physical action. This is the advanced way not the primitive, the advanced way of shaping our reality. This is what is in alignment with the quantum principles. I just really, really do love the Newtonian versus quantum analogy here in physics because when I look at the Sydney Harbor and I see the battleship, I think about all the battleships that have ever existed in the world that have taken over countries and had big wars. And when they have a battleship, they go over, they launch a few cannonballs or some missiles, and then a country secedes or gives up and they say, okay, you've got our country. Well, now looking at those battleships, to me, they seem like toys in a toy box or in a bathtub compared to the nuclear weapons we have today, which only need six people in the cargo hold to unleash an untold number of damage or number of deaths because the technology at that level is so 
far advanced because the power within the smallest particles is so exponentially more effective than the effort it takes to move physical reality in the physical world after you've gone beyond the size of the atom. So when your atom are larger, it's much harder. When you go to the atom and smaller, and in this case, in the personal development, the smaller the thought level, and you're getting to that sub-thought level, you're focusing on your meditation, visualization, and relaxation. You're actually, by doing that, changing your brain waves. So instead of using your physical hands and muscles, you're using your brain waves. The frequency, you always hear us talk about vibration and frequency, you're you're using those aspects of your consciousness to shape your reality. And I know a lot of you are asking right now, does that mean we take no action at all, hands tied behind our backs? In some cases, it might actually work out that way. In others, it may not. But there is a qualitative difference when you live the quantum way and take action to the Newtonian way of taking action. As Abraham Hicks likes to say, there's two steps here. There's step one. There's many steps they explain, but they're all basically based on these two steps. Step one, get into the receiving mode. Now, what is the receiving mode and how do you get into it? The receiving mode is getting into that alignment I'm always talking about. It's getting into a positive emotional state or a calm state. So either way, you can get super jazzed, excited, peaceful, aligned, happy, that's one way, or you can just meditate to calm the mind so that what we've called the ego on the show forever, that voice inside of our heads is coming from a place of scarcity and disalignment, misalignment. When we get that voice calm, that does the same thing. It's allowing step two to happen. Once we've either calmed the ego down so we can hear something from our intuition, or we're so happy and joyful that we're, again, in emotional alignment with the peace and the excitement and joy of the intuition, step two can then happen. Step two is once you've gotten that calm or peaceful, positive state, you then take the actions you feel inspired to take. Now, that is going to take some practice to start noticing when you feel inspired and when you feel like it's your ego, but you don't have to overthink this. When you're in a good feeling state, the actions you're going to take and ultimately the effects of those actions you're going to see from that alignment, law of attraction is going to kick in just like gravity would kick in. It's going to bring you things of like frequency. So once you've really honed in on that frequency of that emotion, the things that are going to come are going to align with it. But the idea is here that we're opening ourselves up from our intuition to insert some ideas into our brains. Can you imagine that? Just getting this idea of like, oh, this seems like a good idea. Now you don't have to overthink, did this idea come from my ego or did it come from my intuition? Just focusing on the meditation calm side or the positive alignment side, the happy, joyful, positive, excited side, either of those two and then taking actions is the thing to do. So there will be quote unquote physical movement. Abraham says, you know, we didn't come here to be monks in a monastery and never take advantage of the earth. If you think about ourselves as source energy, we want to experience all of the physical reality that this world has to offer us. We want to get out there and do things. The difference is that it's inspired action, not striving action. 
So can you work hard? You can go on the best run of your life where you run the fastest and the farthest, but that qualitative feeling of how that feels as you're doing it versus striving and hustling and grinding it out are totally different. Any runners out there can totally understand what I'm saying when you have a flowing, amazing, aligned workout and run versus a grind it out, push it out, force it out. This is about feeling pulled to do something, whether it's a peaceful action or a really sweaty workout versus being pushing yourself, being forcing, forcing and pushing are the hustle. That's the Newtonian way. The inspired is pulling, is eliciting, is exciting, is inviting. So you want to think about that shift here. Am I feeling called to do something or am I feeling pushed to do something? The ego pushes, the intuition calls. Now I want to give you guys an example of this, and this is what I said earlier that happened today. And like I said, I am still wrapping my head around this. And also, I am sharing this because it's so on my mind, yet it's also super fresh. So, you know, odds are this has all gone smoothly and continues to, but just putting that out there in case this for some reason isn't what unfolds. This is how it's unfolded so far, let me say that. First of all, you guys heard me say, I'm excited to see if it flows to stay in Sydney. I'm also excited to report that since I've shared that, it has been flowing and flowing and flowing and flowing. And one of the things I wanted to really do was practice implementing all this visualization stuff on my flat, on my apartment here in Sydney. So what I did was visualize how I felt in the flat. So I'm gonna kind of give you guys the quantum way I've been approaching this and then what has unfolded since then. So first of all, I visualized how I felt. So I visualized myself in the flat and how I was feeling while I was in it. I wanted to feel inspired, creative, excited. I wanted to feel like I had tons of abundance of time and finances as well. And I wanted to feel this sense of joy. So those are the feelings I was looking at. Then I imagined the pieces of what it looked like. I thought about the view I wanted. I thought about how quiet I wanted it to be for when I record podcasts. I thought about the ideal budget that I wanted it to be in. I thought about the security I wanted to have, but I also realized as much as I wanted security of this flat, I also didn't want to have a doorman watching me in every single move and having to say hello and goodbye every single time I came in and out of the door. I also thought about the fact that I didn't want to have spiders in this flat because Australia and Sydney can have some giant spiders called huntsmans, which I've experienced in my first flat in Sydney and I would like to avoid that. I also thought about how I wanted to have it close to my favorite coffee shops and saunas and the hair stylist and all the things that I love, restaurants, etc. And ideally, I wanted it to begin when I came back to Sydney after the States. I didn't want the lease to start too soon, like before I left, for example, where I'd be paying for that flat while I was traveling. And I didn't want it to be too late ideally, because I didn't want to have to find another place to be staying in a hotel or an Airbnb when I returned mid-December. So ideally, I was also looking for a specific date in mind that I would actually move in. Initially, I started looking at places online, apartment apps. I started looking in areas that are my favorite, like Potts Point, Elizabeth Bay, and Rush Cutters Bay. So I had these little alerts, and every day I would go in and check them out. And I would just kind of data collect. I'd look at them, I'd see how they felt, and I'd see if I felt any of those feelings I told you earlier in any of those pictures. And if I felt like I could stand in the apartment and I could feel those feelings, then I would take it more seriously. I'd look at inspection times and lease dates and that kind of stuff. But nothing felt exactly right. So I just 
relaxed about it and I stayed chill. I realized that I'm in a really beautiful position right now, especially with this manifestation, because there's no rush really on the time frame. Yes, it'd be ideal to be able to move in the day that I get back on my trip and then be able to start that next adventure after I return from the States. But at the same time that I say that, I did not want this to be something I felt time crunch about because the truth is I didn't have any furniture. I'm moving in literally with a suitcase and a few pots and plants that I bought at a design fair this weekend. So there's not much stuff. There's not any other lease I'm dealing with in terms of getting into this new place. So really, I could still do the Airbnb thing. I could still hop around if needed, if the perfect place didn't appear in the ideal time frame. So I wasn't too super time focused and I allowed myself to recognize I don't need to make up a big story about how it has to be exactly on this date because that wasn't true. Even though it was ideal or preferred, it was not a actual limitation. So as I just kept looking at this, I kept feeling relaxed and people would ask me about it and I'd say, you know, it's still coming, it's coming, it's flowing to me, I know this is flowing. And I just stayed in that feeling place of how I wanted to feel in the flat. Then this weekend happened and I went on a walk with what we are calling the rhino, the guy that I'm dating, we're nicknaming him the rhino and we stopped at a new coffee shop that I noticed and went to this week and showed him it and it's really cute and in a slightly different area than the other three that I mentioned. It's in Woolamaloo, which is an area just off of Potts Point on a different side of the area compared to Rush Cutters Bay and Elizabeth Bay, which I've been looking at before. Then as we were walking towards the Botanic Gardens on this walk after the coffee shop, the rhino wanted to pop into the Ovalo Hotel on the wharf, which is right there. It's right next to the garden and it's right also just off the garden near the Sydney Opera House. For anyone that hasn't been to Sydney, this is like in prime Sydney Harbor area. So as we're there, we check out the hotel area and it's super cute. The cafes and everything, there's tons of restaurants on the side of the wharf and there's this beautiful cafe inside that kind of looks to me a little bit like someone designed it from Sketch London, which is that pink tea room you may see on Instagram. You've probably seen me post it on Instagram. I love this place so much. This Ovalo Hotel's cafe area inside of this wharf that has hotel rooms and apartment units in the same building has this beautiful cafe that just reminds me of the design aesthetic of Sketch. And I loved, loved, loved it. And I actually decided since my current Airbnb, which also let me tell you the story of the current Airbnb too, to give you a little backstory of how this is also flowing in my favor, even when it seemed initially like it might not. Back when I was coming back from LA, I initially tried to book this unit I've been staying in all of October and all of November for December through March. I wanted to book it for as long as possible so I could stay in my favorite area of Sydney and also kind of stay in the same place or kind of in a It's not my house, but it kind of feels like my house at this point. And it all looked like it was going to go through, go through, go through. Everything's looking good. I'm about to transfer the money over. And then I get an email and a call right as I'm boarding the plane. The person tells me, the person that I'm dealing with, tells me that the building's getting sold to someone else and that they're not going to actually move forward on the transfer. So she said, don't put the money in the bank account. It's actually going to go to someone else. So this isn't going to go through. Now, at that point, this is earlier on. I was not thinking about getting a lease here. I was still thinking I'm just going to keep doing the short-term pieces of leases, like these 
few months at a time, that kind of format, and they already have it furnished. And so when I heard that at that point, I could have easily freaked out, but instead I had talked to Joe or my intuition and seen in a letter, they said, do not effort or strive at this, allow this to unfold. So I remember that and I just let it go. And I was like, all right, something good is going to happen. But it was kind of a leap of faith because I know, had no idea why. Well, here I am, then decide even better idea, data collected some more. I want to lease and I want to decorate for a year long lease. I don't want something that's so short. So then I become this person seeking all this other stuff we're now talking about. So anyways, this flat that I'm currently staying in was only available until they sold the building to the new owner. So it's only for me to stay in until this Thursday and then I have to move out. So I was gonna stay in a hotel next door and then as the weekend would have it, as we flowed over to the botanical gardens, after this coffee shop, the rhino wanted to go and check out the Ovalo Hotel, which is on that wharf that I mentioned. So we go inside, it's beautiful, it looks like sketch, and I decide, well, what if I can get a hotel night here instead of the hotel I've already been to, which is not nearly as exciting as the Ovalo. Turns out, of course, they have one of the nights available, so I book it, and then I decide to actually cancel on the current reservation that I'd already made, which was totally free to cancel here, and everything was flowing to the point where I actually decided, you know what? This is really, really close to Potts Point. It's also close to Rush Cutters Bay. It's also close to the downtown or the CBD, which they call it here. It's the central business district. This is a really good spot. So I decided for the first time to more seriously check out the listings for that specific area called Woolamaloo. And as I went on the apps, I saw an incredible spot that looked ideal. The photos were perfect. It was almost, the only thing I can tell you is that I would have made the cabinets white instead of cream. But other than that, when I was looking at it, I was like, this is pretty darn special. So I inquired about inspection, which is basically the viewing of the apartment. And I'd also, by the way, heard how hard it is to get a place here. I heard how much competition there is to get apartments in Sydney. All of these scarcity stories I've been told, even by, may I also add, the receptionist at the desk of the Ovalo Hotel, as I told her I was looking for apartments in the area, said how hard it is to find a place in this area. Now, of course, I didn't buy into that idea because I'm sitting here thinking law of attraction is going to bring me the perfect thing and it's not going to be something that is efforting or striving. It's just going to be obviously mine. So here I am, this beautiful listing comes up. It's available right away, which was not ideal because I wanted it to be available for mid-December. But either way, I decided to submit an interest and booked a little inspection. They didn't have a formal open house, which a lot of apartments do in this area. They did not have one. They just said by appointment only. So I booked the appointment. I walked in today. I checked it out. Yes, there are cream cabinets, but all of these other details that I had shared that I wanted about the flat, like it being quiet in a great secure area without a doorman, but having it secure without any spiders, all of that was totally true. In fact, one of the things that I put in my vortex, if you will, in my visualizations many years ago, started at Alt Summit in Salt Lake City when I was in my mid-20s. I remember going to the Grand Hotel or the Grand America, whatever that hotel is called in Salt Lake City and they have these marble tiled bathrooms. And at the time, I've seen much more marble tiled bathrooms on Instagram and online since then. But at that time in my mid-20s, I had never seen a fully marbled bathroom. And as you guys know, I have sold all of my marble tables and even given away the blessed, cherished marble dining table that I've had. And I've traveled without any marble. But I remember when I was in my mid-20s, I wanted a marble bathroom like that one day. Well, guess what, guys? This place has a bathroom that is 
marble wall to wall. So I even manifested that dream that I put into my vortex many years ago in this unit, which was even on the list, but even beyond in some ways what I was actually looking for. So it was super ideal in all of the general speaking ways. It wasn't absolutely perfect in that I would have picked a different kitchen color for the cabinets and a backsplash. I would have changed those two elements and maybe done the front bathroom slightly differently. But other than that, the floors, the space, the light, the windows, the view, the location, all of the rest of it was perfect. So I put in my application and then I waited. And this afternoon, it was so interesting because this has all flowed so well, right? It wasn't even my kind of like efforting that has even caused this. Sure, I look on the apps every now and then, but it's not a stressful thing. I'm not going to millions of inspections just because they're there. I'm just waiting. I went to one inspection before, which was far from what the pictures looked like. And I knew immediately this was not the place that felt like what I wanted it to feel like. So I left it. But also it was kind of nice to have an inspection under my belt. So I know what that kind of process is like here in Australia. And then it came to actually waiting and just hearing back from them. And I actually noticed myself this afternoon feeling out of sorts because it had been so easy. Like this has been so simple. It hasn't been this big rat race. It hasn't been this big effort. It actually just showed up. I liked it. I put the application in. They were really nice. The real estate agents showing it to me. And then I found out I got it. So like I said, I haven't actually formally signed the dotted lines and all of those things. By the time you're listening to this, it'll be clear whether it's happened or not. But right now it's just so fresh. But I was actually sitting there thinking about the fact that this has unfolded with such flow, such ease and fluidity, my rational, logical mind that has learned the Newtonian way and tried that striving, driving hard way before is just watching this in amazement going, what the what? This really works? You can really do it this way? And can I do it for other things? I've also been doing this with visualization in my body and noticing that I can do that. And even certain aspects of my body that I visualize, I have things like my hairdresser or the rhino or my friend Gosh saying, hey, and they specifically point out these specific aspects of my body that I'm changing without having any awareness that that is the specific area I'm focusing on, not through push-ups or changing my body in any physical way, but actually in my visualizations. So my mind is still, as I'm telling you this today, wrapping its head around the fact that this consciousness is so incredibly powerful. So to wrap this all up for you guys, what I would love for you to take from this is the power of the simple phrase, get into alignment and then get into alignment and then. So for example, all of these weeks, all of these months, all of these years, I've been focusing on alignment. So this has been a building process for me to be in alignment as much as possible. And even today before the inspection itself, I got into alignment before I went. I did a rampage of appreciation and felt that fluttering, beautiful, joyful vibration in my heart, in my chest before I even went there. Had a great time with those real estate agents, had a great time submitting the application. Every single thing flowed, even the parts where my ego thought, no, it can't be this easy. It was. So again, the other thing to know is to get into alignment and then, and don't worry about the how. Allow the how to be shown to you. In my case with this, it was just about having a great walk with the rhino on a Saturday or a Friday, whatever day we were walking around. And then he just said, hey, let's go in here. He had the inspired action to go into the hotel 
then we saw this beautiful space where I was like, I would love to come work in here all the time. This would be a beautiful place for me to spend time. This is what feels so good. And then for me to look in that area, find a unit, be able to walk in, no other inspection people fighting over. I've heard about 30, 50 people showing up at an inspection all at once. None of that was the case for me. It just was shown to me. I didn't even have the idea to even go down to that area and consider it directly in the first place. It was kind of inspired by this beautiful time I was having with the rhino. So that is my suggestion for you. Try to release your ego's grip on the how is something going to happen. Your consciousness, your brain, the 5% that's aware of reality right now, the ego, that's trying to figure out life. It's trying to figure out the how. But the more you live the quantum, the more you let go of the how, the more you allow the how to unfold through inspired action. And yes, you will still take action. Yes, I still went on that walk. Yes, we still went into the hotel. Yes, I still applied. I still did those things, but all of it was flow and it was inspired. It was never pulling. It was never forcing. So that's what I'd love for you to consider in your own life. Maybe you have an area too where you can say, I'm going to practice it here. I don't have a lot of resistance around it. Like for example, with me, I've had resistance in other areas. This was one I didn't have any resistance. There was no time pressure on it as much. I didn't make a story of it being time pressure at least. Oh, and may I also add to the point about time. I also asked them and requested, could I have the lease start on the date that I return mid-December to Sydney? And they said, yes. So I even got that piece of it too. So I got exactly the date that I wanted to move in. And it's even better is that they're also going to let me leave some of the stuff that I don't need to take with me to the States in the unit. So even though I'm not moving in yet, I will be able to leave some stuff there so that I don't need to travel with it unnecessarily. So it all flowed. It all worked out. So I'm so excited for you guys to try this. Start with an area you don't have a lot of resistance or urgency around and watch it unfold. See if you can get into that feeling place. Think of the feelings and the attributes and how you feel with those attributes and relax and let it be shown to you. Let yourself be led to it. Let your alignment lead you forward in an inspired, fluid, flowing way and watch what happens. Let the ego rest or just give it a pause as much as you can. Meditate when you need to if it starts to freak out and hopefully you'll be able to have some amazing manifestations in your own life that you can then build upon to start to other areas that you have more resistance around. Starting at first with an area you don't have a lot of resistance around is easier than starting with one that has so much pressure associated with it. So there you have it, guys. If you want to find me on Instagram, Snapchat, or Twitter, you can find me at Jesse as in chocolate lively. And for show notes for this episode, head over to JessLively.com slash quantum how. Before I share where I'm headed to next in the USA, I'd like to talk about today's other sponsor, FreshBooks.com. FreshBooks is awesome bookkeeping software for creatives. And I know we're getting towards the end of the year. So if you have not yet got your bookkeeping started as your small business owner, please consider FreshBooks, especially before you're going to have to go into tax season next year for 2017. FreshBooks is so awesome at doing the invoicing, tracking your expenses, doing your things like giving the reports to your bookkeeper, etc. I even have my own bookkeeper go into FreshBooks and make sure everything is up to snuff and everything's all accounted for right directly in there. And then we just click a button and then we have beautiful 
profit and loss statements, expense reports, all that sort of stuff to pass on to our accountant. So it's a beautiful, easy, streamlined process. It's so easy to use. It's like using Instagram. I love, love, love it. Used it since 2012. So give this a try for 30 days for free by going over to freshbooks.com slash lively if you want to try it yourself. I do hope you love it as much as I do. And now for where I'm headed to next, I'm going to New York. I'm going there for the Pencils of Promise Gala. As you guys may know, we have built a school in Ghana so far and also Laos is our next destination, which is fully funded and now being built. So I'll be going to visit next year, 2018, in Laos to see that school. And then Guatemala is almost funded as well. So almost three schools, thanks to your participation in the classes we run and also just for listening to the show. All of this helps support this ability to give schools structure, programming, and teacher support to so many students around the world. It's truly special. And I'm excited to go to the gala to see and meet up with the people that I've met in Ghana already because they'll be here and also to meet other people in the other countries and cultures as well. Until next week, may something wonderful happen to you today.